What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. and welcome to the Grave Consequences podcast. This is season two, episode three. The title of the episode we're reviewing from Lucha Underground, again, season two, episode three, is The Hunt Is On. I am Caleb B. That's where you can follow me on Twitter. Follow Greg at xmaserati. We'll put the spelling of that in the description. I'm not going to bother right now on the air. Um But first off, I do want to mention that we are not alone here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We are joined by six other very good podcasts. We are joined by 8-Bit Suplex that is hosted by Josh McLaughlin, Heel Josh number 2. That's impact and video game based, as the name suggests. If you like AEW, check out All Things Elite, hosted by Floyd Johnson Jr. and Austin Summerwitz. Of course, he got us. You're listening to us right now. Uh, great match generator, DJ Cooks does that show. Great matches generated, reviewed. Pretty simple concept. Pretty awesome concept. Uh, if you like independent wrestling and you want to hear that covered, because indies are coming back with a bang, dude, now that the pandemic's like really starting to wind down. So you've seen a lot more indie shows out there. So now's the time to get in, for sure, for sure. Grown Men Watch This Shit is the name of the show, hosted by... Jeremy uh, Tate, a.k.a. James Vanderbeek, and Chris Things, a.k.a. Chris Bryan. Yes, that is James Vanderbeek of Dawson's Creek fame. If you like New Japan Pro Wrestling, I urge you to check out Keeping It Strong Style, hosted by Jeremy Donovan, the boss, and the young boy, Heel Josh number one, Josh Smith. Of course, we couldn't be here if not for the original podcast of this network, One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. They talk WWE, they talk AEW, they talk NXT, stardom. Pretty much everything that's the sun, sports, politics, life, anything you can think of. And you can get all of these shows either on solo feeds, on whatever podcast app you use, or you can get the big conglomerate feed that that will be listed under the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Check all those shows out. Give us uh, five stars if you think we deserve it. Uh, Rate, review, and follow, I guess, is the terminology on Apple Podcasts now. Uh, So that's that's the lineup of the Social Suplex Podcast Network shows. Of course, you're listening to the best one right now. You're listening to the Grave Consequences podcast. Greg, after that long-ass intro I gave out, how are you doing today on July 6th? 
doing pretty good. Uh, work's over. Uh, it's a beautiful day out. Um, nothing really to complain about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it's uh, man. I don't want to get too inside baseball, but like we um, we have been discussing format changes here on the show in terms of scheduling, and I don't know. It's kind of stuff that might bore the people, but really, like I, I like formatting things. You know, <laughs> I'm a fan of you know just formulating and everything. Is that weird? No, it's it's always better to have a schedule because then you uh, you already have that time allocated, so you don't lose it. Uh, I think my biggest issue is just the time it takes <laughs> to record yeah. and edit. And we we like to, uh, I think we've given the secret out, like or at least some people could figure it out. We we bank a few episodes at a time yeah. sometimes, just uh, so that we never miss a week. Uh, it's the benefit of not having to be. Uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Time news. sensitive. Yeah, time sensitive, news re- relevant. Uh, it, it it helps you because you work hard in that small amount of time and then you have some time to like, we've, we've, we took weeks off before and no one felt it because we'd have like four or five in the bank. Uh, and we're working on doing that now. Uh, it's just that me and Caleb uh, have a lot going on. Like you, you have renovations going on. I'm going to be selling my house soon, hopefully. Um, and all that stuff always creeps into what you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And no, Caleb's having trouble right. with, uh, what's that? No, I was saying you're absolutely right. Yeah. And we're having, since you're renovating, like you can't always be in the house to record. Yes. And, and uh, yeah, where you live, it's not really like in November and, and, you know, May and, and April, it was a little bit easier for you to be in your car and record like audience never noticed. You know, I, I, we made sure the audio quality was good enough. Uh, but now it's way too hot for you to do that. So we're, we're dealing with, uh, all kinds of logistical issues, which are probably boring as hell to anyone listening, but yeah. Ah, who cares? That's what they're here to listen to us, man. They're not here to, to hear us talk about Lucha underground. They're just here, here to hear us talk because they love us. And I'm gonna throw this out there: they didn't vote hard enough, so they didn't. not not a lot not, not a lot of sympathy from me. You guys the could have voted five, a little bit harder. We got five percent. Look, the the five of you that did vote for us, thank you, very appreciated. True fans, uh, the the ninety five, the real fans. Yes, yes, you're not fake fans. Um, the ninety five who didn't, um, we're coming and hell's coming with us, but. <laughs> Enough about it. Was that Doc Holliday or Wild Bill Hickok? I can't remember. I don't remember. Tombstone, dude. Um, but enough. Enough. Okay, let, let's just get into the episode. Uh, the first thing I noticed on the intro at the commentary booth is that, is that Vampiro is wearing a red shirt with lettering that reads Hooligan, and it's got brass knuckles all over it. It's what? Like, that looks like. It's definitely Juggalo gear, for sure. And I don't think it's a brand that's around anymore. Yeah, no, I think you are right. <clears throat> I haven't seen it, at least. Now, am I wrong, but, like, why was... Because Pentagon, I don't believe, was on this show, but Vampiro still spent plenty of time pumping up Pentagon Jr. He... Let me check my notes. I don't think he was. Um, Puma, I don't yeah. think, was either. No, they weren't. They're on the next one. 
No, they're kind of pumping him up because they they pumped him up so much in the first episode, right? <clears throat> and the second. Uh, so they have to keep the burn going because he's right now, like in the first season, he didn't start off as a, uh, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, like in New Japan, you have the ace who's the, you know, the star of the sh- of the promotion. Then you have the dark ace, which is a f- not necessarily a mainstream favorite, but he has like, like a cult following, like a really, uh, a lot of fans are behind him, but just not always the casual fans. Uh, like Naito would have been the Dark Ace for a while. Uh, uh, Okada was the Ace. In here, it's in Lucha Underground. It was, it was uh, who was it? It was uh, Prince Puma, mm-hmm. and the Dark Ace would have been Pentagon. Maybe at the end, but not the beginning and not the middle. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Early on, it was probably uh, Johnny Mundo, I guess. Our Phoenix. Yes. Yes, that, that that's true as well. But, you know, we mentioned dark aces and dark phoenixes and birds. And let's talk about snakes and cats right quick, because our first match of the night is Bengala, the cat man himself, against the debutante Cobra Moon. Do you remember who Cobra Moon is underneath the mask, pal? Because I think anyone listening does, but let's refresh their memory just in case. Well, if we're going to spoil it, it's uh, what's her name? Thunder Rosa. There we go. <laughs> I was like, I knew, and then I just completely had dementia blank. Well, we're not spoiling anything. I mean, like, she's Thunder Rosa's never on the show, like, as Thunder Rosa. She's just Cobra Moon, so it's not really like spoiling anything. It's like saying Matanza's Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb never wrestles on Lucha Underground. Like, <laughs> sorry if I, I don't think those are big spoilers. Do you? No, I just genuinely couldn't remember her name. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, the the pigs at the temple, you know what they chanted at Cobra Moon as she got in the ring? No. Mama Sita. Oh, dear. Like, That's she's not problematic. Kick out, wrestle. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But uh, Cobra Moon, ooh, she's a part of the, what's it, the lizard tribe, the snake tribe? Reptile. The reptile tribe, pardon me. Yeah. Um, she slithers in the ring. It's like Randy Orton, but goofy. Well, I've always felt Randy Orton was goofy for yeah. slithering. I mean, because they were, it's a peachy product. I'm not even dissing a WWE. It's just, you know, he's, that's what he's got to do in a WWE, in a, in a PG product. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he can't just be like a psychopath sadist really all the time. He does some stuff. Uh, but I like what they, Lucha Underground does a good job where her Lucha moves are very she slithers practically through a lot of her, her techniques, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, she she stays low to the ground and she like they they do when they come out as animals like they're really kind of animal people and they they really go they they really go all in with it. Um yeah. and it and it fits. I mean, we like you said it's cat versus snake. <laughs> yeah. I think her uh, her one submission is actually they kept calling it a snake sleeper uh, instead yeah. of a dragon sleeper. Yeah, it was kind of goofy in my opinion. Um, also, at one point, Cobra Moon dove to the outside, you know, off the ropes and uh, landed a head scissor, nailed a head scissor. It's just like that. To me, that's insane to be like, OK, I'm going to dive on you legs first so I can hit the head scissor and do it to perfection. 
Yeah, I don't know if they've worked together before or not, but they were doing moves like that were maybe not injury risky, but uh, very easy to botch. But they did. Yes. High margin of error. Yeah. High margin of error. Not a great deal of reward, I think. But they but the reward is that they both were very animal like still and, and they, they played their parts. And I mean, she did a. a Hurricane Rana that looked very like she practically slithered and, and slid her way into it. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. I noticed at one point because Bengala got got some shit in on this one, man. And he even like at one point he went for a cocky cover. Of course, that only got him two. Um, and at one point he hit a thrust kick, a mean thrust kick on on Cobra Moon. And this may be where some people checked out on Lucha Underground because they're like, yeah, they're kind of, they're laying it in on those ladies, or at least it looks like they are, you know? Because for some people, it's not an issue for me, obviously, because I, I like the show enough to do a podcast about the show. But for some people, intergender wrestling just does not hit, man. And I think sometimes it, for a lot of times, it doesn't. Um, I've, I think I've talked about how I would think I would change the stipulations where the guy can't hit the girl and the girl can't hit the guy in tag in a tag in the intergender tag matches. Yeah. That's what I was suggesting where it's like a rule breaking if the girl hits, cause usually the girl will hit the guy all day, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the WWE ones, but the yes. guy can't hit the girl. And it's just, to me, it's kind of corny cause it's like, all right, well I know what's going to happen, but in Lucha Underground, they just, they just go for it. And I think season one kind of conditioned the fans to be able to accept it. Uh, if you, if you don't accept it at this point, you're probably still not watching. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, there was one point in WWE in 2019, actually, when when a male hit a move on a woman. And I will link you to it because, like, when he did it, the crowd just fucking, like, exploded with anger. Um, it was from Extreme Rules 2019. Uh, Baron Corbin hit the end of days on Becky Lynch. That's awesome. Insane, yeah. insane. Because you know how good the, the end of days looks, man, especially when certain people take it. Like, yeah. What was absurd. he feuding with uh, Seth or something? Yeah, the yeah. They did a, they did a mixed tag winner take all because uh, Seth and Becky had the uh, women's title and the red title, and Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans challenged for both of them. But enough about 2019 WWE. The finish to this match came when <laughs> when Cobra Moon locked in a snake sleeper. And Bengala tried to paw his way to the ropes, but he just couldn't quite get there, and he tapped out. And I think she was trying to lock her hands together, but he's just, you know, she's kind of a small woman. Yeah. Uh, so she couldn't really get around his head and collapse both hands, but it was still good. It was still a good submission. It would work in a real fight. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, it was a fine debut. Uh, I guess in kayfabe, it's at least better than PJ Black's because she won. Mm-hmm. But I, and I, I get it, like you know, she's smaller, so I guess it kind of makes sense, you know, logically. But she didn't look too great here, in my opinion. No, and I don't think she ever does look super amazing in in the show because she gets outclassed by the rest of the people that join her tribe. Mm-hmm. And uh, she did have a win because she went against Bengala, who's not really he's not a, a jobber by any means, but he's definitely opening act low card, lower yeah. on the card in, on this show. Whereas PJ Black went against the Mac, who has a better win record than Killshot, right? Mm-hmm. And Killshot's yes. a killer. <laughs> so yeah. 
PJ Black losing it, it's you you kind of go like, well, okay, he debuted and he lose, he lost on his debut. That's not usually people frown upon that, but you know, he lost to some guy that's got a lot of build behind him. So yeah, got a it's lot. Not the end of the world. But hey, next, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely still here. Okay. But after after this match, yeah, you know, it's not a grave consequences episode without dead air, of course. But after that match, we see Katrina in her office when Phoenix shows up and, you know, she's one of those she uh, she can sense it. You know, it's just in her nature, in her supernatural nature. Phoenix uh, asked for King Cuerno and Katrina is like, you know, okay, but, you know, you don't get automatic rematches. So sorry about you. You can get King Cuerno, but um is this when she books the match, or does she book that later? I think it's in the same segment. I'm pretty sure. Mm, yes, yes, you were right. You were right. It will, okay, it's it's split up, and I will explain why. But, you know, Phoenix goes off about, hey, before I die, before that happens, before, you know, I see the end of my thousand lives, uh, I will destroy King Cuerno, Mil Muertes, and you. So Phoenix is just he's on a war path right now. He is definitely a bird of war. I think he's learned his lesson from being a simp. Uh, yeah. And, he, you know, he, he may be right in that she's a bad guy, but uh, he's probably more, <coughs> excuse me, more angry of himself than uh, her. Yeah. I should yeah. Be. Absolutely. And after that, so we're going to go to King Cuerno pretty soon. But after that. We see a vignette of a native girl in a tribe talking about the man from the stars. And she's talking about Aerostar. Rocket Aero- Man. Yeah, exactly. And he, he travels back in time because he can do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, like, hey, one day the gods will return in the form of man. So, like... <laughs> If you didn't realize this, if we didn't harp on it hard enough yet, there is some supernatural shit going on in the temple. Yeah, if you like the Fiend and the Undertaker and uh, Abyss, you know, you like, uh, yeah, you like those kind of supernatural segments. I mean, Lucha Underground really was kind of made for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely it was. Because, I mean, you know, we, we know the origin story of Mil Muertes. Drago is a literal dragon. Aerostar can time travel. Like, if you want your wrestling to get a little out there, this is the show. Let's see here. Oh, King Cuerno's in his uh, somewhere doing hammer curls when Katrina comes in and admonishes him for not destroying Phoenix. And she tells Phoenix, or she tells King Cuerno to kill the Phoenix in a match you are best at. Which is, of course, last luchador standing. It's funny that she says a match that you're best at when, you know, we can remember how he won the first and only last luchador standing match. Maybe you should remind the audience. I remember, of course, because I remember everything. But for anyone that may have forgot. Well, I know because you remember everything. So I'm yes. just going to tell the audience here. Um, it was him and. God, it was not Phoenix. It was Drago. And okay. he, he taped Drago's feet. Oh, while he was 
like his feet were behind the um, ring post. So he physically could not get up, could not stand up. Hey, it's a victory. Yeah. No, absolutely. But hey, last luchador standing tonight, and it's not even for the title. So it's like Phoenix is basically fighting to stay alive tonight. The hunter then sniffs Katrina. He sniffs Katrina as he says, the hunt is on. Now, was he smelling Phoenix on her from earlier? Ooh. Highly highly possible. He's very much Craven from Spider-Man. Craven the Hunter. He's pretty much exactly like him. I heard he sniffed her and then he started singing uh, Sex and Candy by Marcy Playground. That's the only thing that could have made this segment better. (laughs) In platform double suede. Wow. (laughs) Enough about that. Uh, We get Jack Evans. He's out here. I got to interrupt you for a second because if if someone could go back... (laughs) And edit in uh, Marcy's playground for for Cuerno and fucking Butterfly from Crazy Town for Pentagon. That's the only thing that could make this show better, in my opinion. Just <laughs> add music from that era that's just obnoxious now. That would be uh, like the best. No, you're right. You're right. Let's let's get off to the you know. Let's pull over if we're on the highway. Let's pull over for a second. Who gets Umbop? Ooh, Umbop. Uh, can we make it? Who who is the uh, guy that was a dishwasher that became El Mariachi? Uh, El Mariachi Loco, yeah. He could be Umbop. Yes, because that's heel music. That is definitely heel music. And Umbop, it's gone. Uh, no, not him. Uh, the other guy that disappeared for a little bit but comes back later with uh, a faction. Uh, that had the doll for a little bit. Oh shit, Ricky Mandel. Mickey, yeah, he could be Mbop. Yeah, he's definitely Mbop. He's got the pretty boy energy about him. Yes. I'm trying to think but, from that era, what else was obnoxious for music? Even back then. I mean, yeah. uh, do we have... Ooh, uh, uh, Blue Damon could have been uh, uh, Eiffel 47. Eiffel blue. 65, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, he could have been Blue. Uh, mm-hmm. Sexy Star could have been, like, something from Aqua. Yes, definitely, definitely. Oh, man. I can keep going, but I'll stop because I can tell you've already lost interest. Uh, uh, It's all good. It's all good. If you have any more, you know, just eh, drop them casually. But, hey, Jack Evans versus Drago. I remembered as this match started, I was like, oh, God, this is going to start, like, one of my favorite mini feuds of the second season. (laughs) And out of the gate, Drago was just pissed at Jack Evans. Drago's just Jack Evans is getting the worst out of Drago throughout this entire match. I mean, they have history because they had a feud first season. Did they? Yeah. Well, they had like a mini feud. Why do and, I not remember that? Because um, it wasn't like a sto- It wasn't like a story about anything. It's just that they're they were having matches, and Cueto wanted them to have like a uh, uh, an ultimate winner. You know how he does? Like, oh, I, you're. I hate to. I hate to burst your bubble. <laughs> You uh, you conflated Jack Evans and Aerostar somehow. No, I'm pretty sure Jack Evans fought Aerostar or Drago. In the uh, I think Aerostar. Because Aerostar, that's when he debuted, and Aerostar like, hit some top rope something on him that looked like it killed him. 
You're right. It might have been Aerostar. But either way, either way, look, this feud is going to be awesome. And this match was fine. Of course, it's Jack Evans and Drago. They're both very athletic. And Jack, like, steals the win. Like, foot, feet on the rope, leverage pin. And he acts like he just won the Super Bowl. I thought he lost. No, Jack got the win. <laughs> oh, I misunderstood the ending. Then. <laughs> no, Jack got the win. Jack got the win, man. And uh, he... Melissa Santos started to announce him as the winner and he grabbed the mic. He said, let a professional handle this. And then he got on some type of table. It wasn't, it wasn't Matt Stryker and uh, Vampiro's table, but some type of platform. And as he gets on there, he says, out of the way, Chubbs. <laughs> Your winner, Jack, the Dragon Slayer, Evans. Yeah, Jack is great. He's he still hasn't had his opportunity to shine in in uh, AEW, but it's coming. Yeah, he's actually got bigger. If you've seen the one of the more recent AEWs, he's bulked up. I can believe it. I can believe it. I I, I look forward to TH two doing jobs on Rampage every now and again. Um, <laughs> Tejano vignette, which is like, what's the point of this? And then I remember, wait, no, the point of this is that. Um, Tejano is still pissed at Chavo and the crew and he's out there breaking wood with his bare hands. He even says, I am a Mexican ass kicker. I mean, this is a, this is an act that plays to the crowd. The crowd dig it, digs it. Um, I don't know. Is he a better heel or a better face in your opinion? Um, here's the thing. I think he would probably work best as a tweener. Yeah, I think he does like casual fans as a face. Mm-hmm. But I think he's a better heel because he can lose and he doesn't really, you don't really care too much. You know what I mean? Oh, by the way, by the way, at some point he says, you know, the, the biggest mistake of Chavo and the crew is pissing me off. And as he's saying all this, he's fighting in a bar against a luchador or at least a guy wearing a lucha mask. And it's like, why are you wearing a lucha mask in a bar? I'm going to stop you right there because one of the if I got rich and I was just a complete asshole, like that's the yeah. key. You got to be a complete asshole. I I talked about this with someone else I had a podcast like years ago with. Uh, and one of the conversations of attire you'd wear if you're a complete asshole and you're rich and you're just, you know, star, a baller is a cape, right? Bangles mm-hmm. like ghost face bangles, like just huge bangles on your wrist a wrestling heavyweight belt, like a huge one, right? And hell yeah, I'd, wa- I'd walk around with a luchador mask on there. Oh, so no one can see your face. I got gotcha. you. Well, th- not really. I just, you know, if you're going to go full asshole, like, right? Well, you see, for me, my key would be, you know, you know, wear whatever apparel I'm feeling like. But I got to get the veneers. I got to get the Roman Reigns fake teeth that just look beautiful and obviously fake. Well, the way I'm thinking about it is like you, you're 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 trying your best to piss people off. Like you're almost like peacocking as some people would say. Right. <laughs> yeah. But like you're going full, like that's what wrestlers, a lot of wrestlers gimmicks are, is they're just dickheads. Right. Yes. You know, most so like, yeah. so that's what you're like, what you see, uh, you, you're saying like, would you like, who kind of assholes wearing a luchador mask? Well, he's the guy that's going to lose the fight the worst. Right. Yeah. On, on this show. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. But Hey, what we get out of this, Tejano returns next week. So, like, the hits just keep coming. 
the crowd is gonna love that i'm sure um next up prince puma is in the bathroom and who harasses him but his boss katrina this is unbecoming yeah this probably rules against that especially since she's the boss i mean there's a power dynamic there so she's gonna get me too yeah katrina uh you're canceled for what it's worth i i guess she I had to give Prince Puma a hard time. Oh, yeah, about Conan being dead. <laughs> That's kind of funny, though. Yeah, it's like, hey, you, you know how your your mentor died? And uh, my, my trio of of disciples of death killed him? That, that, that's cool. And, yeah. yeah. He took that about as well as you'd think. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Hey, next up is our main event. Last luchador standing. This is non-title. King Cuerno versus Phoenix. And their first match I described as amazingly physical. And I would use those two words to describe this match as well. Let me ask you this. Was was the was there anything online? Like he gets a title shot if he won? Because I missed that. No, literally the point of this was just Katrina wanted King Cuerno to like end Phoenix. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things there's two things I took away from this is Vamp actually did a really good job. On the announcing because. Vampiro? Yes, because I have a gripe with him and I'll explain it. This is one part of it. One okay. part of the announcing. Uh, I remember a while back watching UFC people used to get mad at uh, I forget the other guys announcer, but Joe Rogan and uh, something Goldberg. Uh, Mike Goldberg. Yeah, Mike Goldberg. People. Newer fans were like, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know anything about MMA. And that would go on for years. They'd be like, why can't they just have someone else like Joe that knows what they're talking about? And then later on, someone went, I think it was Joe or Mike Goldberg himself was like, yeah, uh, people didn't understand. But one of the announcer's jobs for certain sports shows is to ask the simple questions for the newer fans so that they can be educated by the other announcer. Like they'll ask, like, what, what are the rules in this match? Even though. A, a more experienced fan will be like, what are you stupid? Of course you should know what that is. They're asking for the audience, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that was my criticism. And now I'm going to sound like the asshole. It's like, Oh, Vampiro does not understand the rules somehow. Well, that was, that was, that it was actually a good question though. I thought about it. He was asking, and I, I know what you're talking about. He was like, Hey, can he keep hitting him when he's down? And at first I was like, well, that's stupid. It's going to break the count. But if you're a new fan, like you've never watched it before, you might think, well, I'll just keep hitting him and he'll stay down for 10 seconds. Yeah. Right. For a 10 count. But, you know, the announce, but then Stryker corrected him. He's like, no, unfortunately, any attack will restart the count. I mean, that's good to know if you've never, ever, ever seen a wrestling show before. And, you know, people be like, who hasn't seen a wrestling show? It's always somebody's first time. Right? Exactly. Uh, so it's it was and I'm not saying he did this intentionally. Right. <laughs> but I, was gonna it is, say, I thought I thought Vampiro just forgot the rules, to be honest with you. I mean, he's been in a lot of hardcore matches. So even in kayfabe, that's possible. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's crazy. He's a lunatic yeah. in kayfabe. So even that he's is, is good. But I was thinking about it. I was like, that's stupid. But then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? If that weren't against the rules, if it didn't restart the count, everybody should just keep kicking the other guy when he's down. Right. He's got to yeah. fight his way up. I mean, that would be. I could even see a, a match type where that is the case, and that could be fun. Yeah. So I had um, at least one spot, definitely one spot that stood out to me uh, at the finish. Did you have anything that stood out to you, man? I didn't have a particular spot that stuck out, but I really took mm -hmm. notice of the fact that last 
uh, our 10 count matches, well, last band standing, anything of the such, uh, really does do wonders for a luchador because now a suicide dive makes sense. Like you could do a suicide dive, knock the guy out. You don't have to get him back in the ring and pin him, which kind of, yeah. you know, in regular matches, it's suicide dives are kind of stupid because you're both down. You could both lose. It's almost like a suicide move, like by the name. But in this one, you can do a suicide dive on someone and then you can get up and then they they don't. You could win from a suicide plancha. And all their spots that they did normally that wouldn't have a count associated with them like that did. Uh, and it actually enhanced the match where I think one of the first suicide dives, like there was a 10 count attempt. Yeah. Yeah, that's when like um, King Corno got a six count on Phoenix and vampiro asked that question that i mentioned earlier um but yeah the finish was just insane bruh because phoenix is on top of i guess at this point katrina's office there's still a table that has been set you know it's it's uh what's the term it's Chekhov's table it's been there for forever set up by king cuerno of course king cuerno is on the ladder that is perched up against the wall mm-hmm. and phoenix the genius that he is just grabs the ladder and just pushes it over. And King Cuerno just crashes through that table. Yeah, and this is after Cuerno actually had it won, but he stops the ref. He looks at Phoenix, and he I think the story they're telling is that he remembers that he wasn't told to just win. He was told to destroy Phoenix. Yeah. So he stops the count when he won, and he, he sets up the ladder, and then Phoenix climbs up the ladder, and then you know, uh, Corno starts climbing up after him. If Phoenix kicks him and then pushes the ladder down as Phoenix gets to the very top. Yeah. And that's when we get to the, to the finish. I mean, it made them, it, it may have taken Phoenix down a little bit, not really. Cause he wins, but Corno having had the visual win where he, he had it and he breaks it up to do something more. He doesn't look weak in defeat. Well, I wouldn't say he looks weak. I'd say he looks stupid. He looks stupid. Yeah, I, that's what I mean. He doesn't look weak. He he had the win. He gave mm-hmm. it up for something more. He got greedy, you know, which is common with a Craven the Hunter type of personality. He it wasn't enough. He needed more, and he flew mm-hmm. too close to the sun. <laughs> so uh, you're saying his name should be King Icarus then? Might as well be. Yes, yes. So Phoenix get gets the win, and Milmuertes still with his arm in a sling. By the way, he's still on, you know, where the bandstand was last season. Um, stands up from his chair, and Mil Muertes is visibly pissed off. He's arms broken. He can't get rid of Phoenix. Phoenix is the biggest thorn in his side. They, he, anytime in a match where he's trying to put him down for good, he can't because the guy yeah. keeps coming back. He has to pin him, uh, and he he knows that it gets the better of him because it's just. You know, Mill could win each time, but he just it's a battle between life and death, like almost literally uh, between the two of them. And this time he won because he's the firebird. He's he had the he had the high ground and the sun was in his eyes from all that brightness for uh, Cuerno and Cuerno paid the price. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, keep going. <laughs> you're you're amazing. So after that, we cut to a random office out of nowhere and we see a woman potentially a police officer or police chief, who knows, man, uh, walking into an office. And she is Captain Vasquez. 
don't know who that is, but in her office is the man that we know as Cortez Castro. Of course, apparently his name in the show and well, his name is he goes by Officer Reyes here at the office. I think um, his they don't say his first name, but I think it's supposed to be Ricky, which is his real name is Ricky Reyes. Um, and the officer asks him to name names and or the police chief rather asks him to name names, police captain. And he just goes on and on about Chavo Guerrero and the crew. And Captain Vasquez, just like me, does not want to hear any more about Chavo Guerrero. No, would you? <laughs> would anybody? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're trying to basically get like a Rico file on, uh, to you know, to have a Rico case on uh, Dario Cueto. So, you know, because Castro says like after, you know, his brother murdered Bale. I wanted to, you know, have you guys come in. And she says, like, no, like, it's a lot bigger than just one street thug. And, you know, you're not quite getting the job done. So, yeah, you can stay on the case. You can go back to the temple. But you're not going alone. And who, uh, what, um, what sleazy wrestler turned sex pest turned Christian showed up? Christian Cage. No, Joey Ryan. It was close. I was close. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, this is when we get to the part of the show where it's like, oh, hey, let's talk about this guy that everyone justifiably hates now. Yeah, uh, there's been a lot with him. Uh, I I saw one of his tweets where he was basically doing like a prayer for forgiveness, and it it was like a, a Bible quote about, you know, being wrong in the past and wanting to be forgiven. I just remember reading that be like, dude, like, now there's no reason to believe you. You basically yeah. just admitted to everything, like in this one tweet. So he's an idiot too, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was thinking about Castro and how frustrated he is in this because he he's seen so many crimes committed, right? Just yeah. he's seen so much. He's like, why can't you just work on all the evidence I've given you? And it's almost it reminds me of The Departed with Leo's character where he's like, look, how much more do you need? Like I can testify to all these crimes and you still want me to be undercover. Like, what do you want? Just tell me and I'll get it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, at this point, like we saw Bale get murdered. We know he knows that the black Lotus was kidnapped. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like He's seen it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's ridiculous, man. Like, that they won't just come on, you know? Like, Castro's done pretty much all he should need to do. Like, what else do you need? them? Do you need, like, us to see Dario Cueto kill someone? What exactly do you need? It's really, I really commend them on, like, going, even though it's about supernatural stuff and there's hokiness, especially at the end of the next episode. But it's just how many wrestling shows have undercover cops pretending to be street thugs, right? No, you're absolutely right. Like this is a first to my knowledge. They're trying. Uh, the only thing I can think of is when, uh, Dick justice, uh, had to give a subpoena to Colt Cabana. And because of that, they lost their match against orange Cassidy. And, uh, what's his face from, uh, best friends, uh, Chuck Taylor. Yeah. One of my favorite match endings of all time. (laughs) You've told me about that. I still haven't checked it out. I need to do that. It's but, so funny. Uh, 
folks, that is the end of the show. We thank you for listening. And uh, remember that, you know, sometimes when you're a sleazeball or a sex pest, you will suffer grave consequences. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.